Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike. And do you like 80s movies? Well, if so, I have the episode for you today because coming up, I'll be talking to Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander. They are from the movie The Lost Boys, which came out back in the day. And then in the movie review, we'll talk about a new horror movie that just came out over the weekend called Smile and the creepy marketing tactics behind this movie that I loved. And in the trailer park, we finally got a teaser for Deadpool 3, which is coming, and Hugh Jackman is back as Wolverine, so there's a lot to dive into there. Thanks for being subscribed. Shout out to the Monday Morning Movie Crew for listening every single Monday. And now, let's talk movies. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. About to get into my conversation with Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander, talking about the movie The Lost Boys, which they played the Frog Brothers. The movie came out back in 1987, and it is celebrating its 35th anniversary this year, which the movie is about a family moving back into their grandfather's house in a California town nicknamed the murder capital of the world. The kid in that family is Corey Heim, the other famous Corey from the 80s, and Corey's brother in that movie gets involved 
involved with the vampire gang. And that's where Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander's characters come into play who work at the comic book store in town. And they are also undercover vampire hunters. So they help Corey Himes character save the rest of the town from this vampire gang. Corey has been in movies like The Goonies, where he played Mouth, Stand By Me, Gremlins, and of course, The Lost Boys, where he and Jameson Newlander first met. The Lost Boys captured that fun horror energy of the 80s. So if you haven't seen this movie in a while or you haven't seen it at all, it's actually available now on 4K and digital if you want to go and watch it. We talk all about the behind the scenes of what they remember from making this movie. And we even talk about Corey Heim, who him and Corey Feldman were really good friends up until he passed away in 2010. And another thing I'll mention is whenever I get to do these, they usually want me to stick to the movie they are promoting, which is The Lost Boys. And that's what I try to do. Sometimes I get notes back saying, you got to stick on the movie. So I worked in questions to get them to talk about the movies they've been in without just going after it. But I knew the task at hand. I just know I couldn't bring you guys a Corey Feldman interview without talking about the Goonies. That would be a disservice to you. I really love this conversation with an 80s icon. So here we go. Let's get into the interview with Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander. Hey, Movie Mike. How you doing? I am great. It's an honor to get to talk to you guys. I got to say, I rewatched The Lost Boys over the weekend. And a movie that only took 21 days to film, but here we are 35 years later talking about it. I wonder how often do you guys rewatch the movies that you've been in? Well, Corey's got a lot more movies to rewatch. Do, do watch them a lot. I, I, I watch Lost Boys. I watch, uh, I watch Lost Boys a lot. And you've been in four movies with me. Yeah, that's yeah true. you've been a lot. Without me. You know, yeah. I tend to like really look at myself like I'm really sort of vain in that way. Like I just really look at myself again and again and again. And and uh, so I kind of obsess about myself. So I watch my <laughs> I watch my movies a lot. At least he's an honest guy. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta love his honesty. What about you, Corey? Uh, yeah, I, I, probably more than I'd like. Uh, um, but I, I'm, you know, I love watching a movie when it first comes out. I love to, to criticize myself or criticize the whole thing or appreciate it as well. But, you know, I have to say after 30, 40 times, the, <laughs> the love for the passion of it, you know, kind of wears off a bit. But, you know, like, for example, over the weekend, I did a convention. I've been on tour with my band uh, all over America uh, over the last five weeks. One of those events that I actually performed at was a Lost Boys convention, which was strictly just for Lost Boys. We're doing another one, actually, uh, on Halloween. They're doing a big Lost Boys event in Dallas, Texas, where they're showing the movie and I'm performing. I got to see if I can get you out there. For yeah, that. yeah, let's do it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of that with Lost Boys. And then, like, I just did a convention over the weekend where it was more centered on Goonies, and they actually showed the movie in this giant, uh, like, theater for, you know, plays, like Theater for the Arts. And on the stage, they had an entire orchestra. Wow. It was the it wow. was the uh, Utah Philharmonic. And, yeah, and it was really cool. So so watching the entire movie scored in real life was, was pretty awesome, I must say. So, you know, yeah, every once yeah. in a while, there's a little special attribute. Like when Goonies came out in 4K, had to watch Goonies in 4K. Obviously, I'm going to want to watch this one in 4K. Uh, so it's always nice to see, you know, the changes when they freshen it up and sweeten it up and stuff like that. But it's got to be something very special to make me go watch it again. Well, yeah, and also the thing about Corey is that it's like, for me, I can watch the, my movies, like, you know, Lost Boys is, was a big 80s movie for mm -hmm. me. But it's like Corey's got Lost Boys, Goonies, 
you know, Stand By Me, uh, you know, yeah. License to Drive, Gremlins. I mean, the list right. goes on. Yeah. So you can't be watching those constantly or you're not going to get anything else done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Else I don't think my ego is big enough <laughs> to handle that. You know, I, I it can only fit in so much. Uh, but, you know, honestly, it's fun when, like I said, when it first starts, when you first see them, it's exciting. And then as time goes on, it dissipates. And the thing is, then it becomes kind of that thorn in your side of like, oh, my God, don't make me watch this movie again. <laughs> so, like, the orchestra thing was beautiful, but I stayed for 10 minutes. And then I was like, okay, time to go. Jameson, you started to list all of Corey's movies. And this was the first movie you ever did, right? Lost yeah, the Boys? first big movie. I'd done some things here and there, but Didn't that was you, you were already in the Blob, right? Wasn't that blob was movie? after. Oh, it was. Oh. Yeah. So when you come into a movie like this, and Corey's just been in all of these big '80s movies, how does that feel getting to work with him for the first time and being cast as brothers? So it was a dream come true, really, because I I was watching Corey. I was watching both Corys actually. Mm-hmm. You know, Corey and Goonies, and in you know Gremlins and. And you know, uh, Haim in light in uh, in Lucas and things like Silver that. Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, I, for me, it was a dream come true. I was sitting there working with these guys, and you know what? They were all really sweet. They were all really nice, great guys to work with. Really giving on camera. You know, we, when we worked together, it wasn't like you know, I oh, you've only done a, a couple. Of it wasn't like that at all. They were just. Very welcoming. It was beautiful. That's why we're still friends. That's why you're still hanging out. We hazed him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. If we hazed him the whole time, he would never talk to us again. All this beautiful friendship would have been right. gone. It would be yeah. done. Yeah. And Corey, this was the first time that you worked with the other Corey. Was that like an instant connection of you guys just having that on-screen chemistry as well as off-screen? Absolutely. And, and the interesting thing is that it, we were actually set up to be, uh, you know, kind of enemies or something like that you know nemesis or something yeah because uh you know the backstory is uh i was in love with this girl there's always a girl you know so (laughs) uh, i was in love with this girl uh robin lively actually as a kid uh you know like she was like kind of the apple of my eye because i i met her at at the youth and film awards and we were all in love with robin right and i became (laughs) friends with her brother you know we became really close jason and i um, and so she started dating Corey, but to me, she was giving me the friend thing, you know, it was like, oh, we're just going to be friends. Like, you're so cute. We're so awesome. Yeah. You're, you're my like best friend in the world. You're like a brother to me. And then I like, see like her getting all like swooning over this guy that I don't know who he is. She's like, oh, Corey is so cute. And he's so this and he's so that I was like, who is this guy? I'm, I'm right here. You know, you don't have to say Corey in third person. I'm right here. But no, she was like, no, this other Corey, he's an actor too. He's so cute. He's so awesome. And so I didn't know who he was. And then uh, when I was doing my wardrobe fitting uh, for Lost Boys, Joel says, we've got the two Corys. It's going to be a great thing. And I was like, what do you mean? Wait, what two Corys? Who are they? I mean, I'm here, but I'm just one person. So he's like, no, 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 Corey Heyman. I was like, there's that name again. Uh, so you hadn't met yet. Yeah. So that was the backstory why, you know, we could have been rivals, but then I get a phone call. I come home from school one day and there's a a message on my answering machine. Remember those, you know, you play the little tape. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, blinking light. So anyway, so I come home and there's this message like, Hey man, 
Hey, how you doing, buddy? It's Corey Haim. We're going to be working together. I thought we should connect, you know, maybe we can like hang out, go to the beach, whatever. And I'm like, wow, okay, not what I expected. Very friendly, very open. And the first day we met, we went to the beach together. We had this great time. We went back to his place. We connected. We told stories. It was just, it was like an immediate spark, an immediate best friend connection. And, you know, it never changed. You know, we was throughout his whole life, you know, until the end, we were, we were close. Jameson, looking back on filming this movie, do you have a favorite picture from the set? Like just hanging out or if it's like a promo picture, what's your favorite picture from the movie? Well, you, are you saying like mental picture? You mean like an actual Like an actual picture. picture, like you maybe you have in your house somewhere or just one that you've kept over the years? I mean, um, that's an interesting question, actually, because there's a bunch of pictures and there are some nice candid pictures of, of, of us hanging out outside the comic book store, um, which I think probably will would be the, the ones that... I don't even have them, I don't think, but I could probably track them down. You're looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <laughs> but curious. Just where, like, where I was, I was in my groove then. You know, mm -hmm. the comic book store, I was in my groove. The scenes were about us and the work we'd done was really paying off and everybody was loving it as we were doing it. And so, um, so I think that's probably the, those images of, of me just really being a part of the, part of the crew and in my groove. I think that's, uh, that's probably it. What about you, Corey? Um, you know, I was uh, I was in a lot of transition, you know, working all the time, <laughs> going from one movie to the next and constantly doing photo shoots and paparazzi and all that kind of stuff that, you know, you do the teen magazines, you're literally doing like photo shoots every day. Um, so I don't think and, and I wasn't very good at saving stuff. You know, my mom didn't really teach me very well how to be organized. Uh, so that's something that all came later in life as I matured and I grew up and I started to, you know, actually save things because they mattered. So I can't say that I saved a lot of stuff, but there's certain things that I see in magazines or, you know, they'll pop up from time to time on the internet. And I know that there's uh, probably around the same thing that you're talking about. There's some white photos of like us hanging out on the bikes. I remember. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and there's Great like, stuff. there's yeah. stuff that's just off the set but on the set you know what i mean we're in we're in our characters clothing but we're like smiling and laughing and hanging out yeah. and those are those are nice pictures and i think it's probably the same set that he's talking about what about the issue number one of vampires everywhere is that still in existence the one you guys all signed not only is it in existence but there's replica after replica <laughs> after replica like pretty much every time we do a convention at least five people have got one of those yeah you know what i mean like there there's somebody out there that's like printing mass quantities of them and the interesting thing is they've even figured out what the pages were in between right right because it's not just the cover there's actually the the copy of the pages that were in the original which is you know, kind of a loosely illustrated vampire comic. Uh, but, and, and it even featured Kiefer, right? They had like Kiefer yeah, in it. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was interesting, but yeah. Yeah, I like to sign those, pray you never need to call us, <laughs> you know. So you're telling me the one I got on eBay is a fake. It's not the real one. Uh, well, it depends <laughs> how much you paid. <laughs> I think the original real one, I don't know if that exists anymore, but I don't a lot either. of replicas. I don't either, yeah. yeah. So I they're would... all real, you know, in a way. Right, well, they all look the same. And yeah. I, I, in fact, I've got one in my entryway sitting on my grandmother's piano, which is an antique piano. So, you know, it's there. And if you see us, we'll, we'll sign it and that'll make it official. No, you know? I won't sign it. Yeah, I'll <laughs> sign it. That. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time. It was an honor to get to talk to you guys. Definitely. Nice to talk to you too. Thanks for being here, Movie Mike. All right, have a good one.
Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, let's get into a movie review now. Let's talk about a movie called Smile. It stars Kevin Bacon's daughter, Sosie Bacon. It's from first-time director Parker Finn, and the movie has done some very creepy marketing. Maybe you've seen during the MLB games, there's just this girl standing there smiling. They paid her to do that. So I thought that marketing was genius and top level when you're trying to promote a movie like this. The only thought I had when I saw that was, Either this movie is going to be amazing and they just went above and beyond in their marketing to get everybody interested in this movie or the movie was kind of bad and they needed some kind of viral moment or gimmick to get people to go watch this movie. So by the end of this review, I will tell you which one it ended up being. But before I get into the full review, here's just a little bit of the smile trailer. Yesterday, a patient in your care died brutally in front of you. I need to find an explanation for what happened. I found 20 cases involving 19 victims with a direct line linking them all together. You said only 19. Why is it that everybody else who's seen it is dead and you're alive? 
seen it too. The movie had my interest from the very first time I saw this trailer. It looked eerie. It looked creepy. And you pair that with the marketing. I was excited for it. But I was also hesitant because anytime there is a tactic like that, it's either going to be something I love or something I just hate. And what ended up happening with Smile is I would lean more towards on the side of hating it. So what this movie is about, it's this character named Dr. Rose Cotter, played by Kevin Bacon's daughter, Sosie Bacon, first time director Parker Finn. So maybe that has a little bit to do with the overall feeling of this movie. But she witnesses this crazy, bizarre, traumatic incident at the very beginning of the movie involving a patient. She works at this mental psychiatric facility as a therapist and trying to help all these people who come in with these unusual problems and there is this patient who is trying to explain to her all of these things she can't explain happening in her life involving some kind of a demonic presence and after that interaction with that patient Dr. Cotter as well starts having all of these frightening experiences and then is going throughout the entire movie trying to get some answers and This movie had a very promising start. It had an eerie feel in the beginning from that opening scene. It was a little bit hard for me to watch. And I don't get scared by horror movies. I love horror movies. I love blood and guts. So that stuff doesn't really bother me at all. But I found myself early on being a little bit creeped out. I felt a little bit like I wanted to look away at certain points. But I was into it. And those first 10 minutes really kind of got me hooked. And I was like, all right, this is about to be a really great movie. And then the movie really, really dragged. And I don't know why horror movies just tend to really want to set the stage too much with these characters really getting into Dr. Rose Cotter's life and her relationship. But I just wanted more action. I wanted more of all of these demonic presences all of these interactions because that was the best part of the movie and the sad thing is a lot of those were in the trailer so luckily I hadn't rewatched the trailer going into this movie I was trying to forget it a little bit but when I was going back and pulling a clip from it they put all the best parts in the trailer so if someone had just freshly watched that trailer they really had the entire thing spoiled for them Because that's what made the movie the most exciting is when those things happen and it was big and loud and kind of cheap jump scares, which is the real problem I had with it. The actual horror in this movie and the actual scary elements, they were all kind of cheap. It was all just kind of out of the corner of your eye. Something comes out, big, loud, jarring sound, and that was the scare What was actually on screen wasn't really that scary or novel, so... I really love movies that explore that paranormal, explore any kind of demonic presence. I find that stuff to be the most scary thing and the stuff that really, you know, would give me a nightmare after. And that's kind of the level I look for when I watch a horror movie. I want something that is going to give me nightmares, something that when I go home later, I think about. And when I go to sleep that night, it's kind of lingering with me. But by about 40 minutes in this movie, I considered leaving. I was unusually bored in a movie like this and I didn't care enough about her character to figure out or want to figure out what happens to her about 40 minutes in I already knew what was going to happen I knew what the final showdown was going to be I knew what the twist was going to be I just had it all figured out so I wanted to be tested a little bit more as a viewer and the movie just felt very generic 
It was almost exactly like The Ring mixed with a little bit of Insidious. It was those two movies together, but very watered down. So I would dub this movie a diet horror movie. If you are a big horror fan like I am and you want something that's really going to go there and make your stomach kind of queasy at certain points and be something that you want to tell your other friends who are also horror fans to go run and watch, this isn't it. This is more if you aren't really a fan of horror movies. This is more probably your taste because it's, again, just a lot of quick jump scares, nothing too scary. There were some pretty good visuals there towards the end that were interesting, but again, nothing so unusual that I haven't seen done before. And by the time it does get to that point in the movie, you're kind of just wanting it to end, hitting that two hour mark. This movie should have never done that. Should have been under 90 minutes easily. I felt like there was probably just an episode worth of content here. It could have been a 42 minute Black Mirror episode maybe, but it didn't really warrant the entire runtime that we got out of it. Again, really great job promoting this movie. I think that's what movies have to do in this day and age, create some buzz around it. But in this case, it didn't really work out in its favor. I would lean more towards hating this movie. And if I had to rate it, I would give it a two. But since it had that marketing, I'll give them a 0.5 for marketing. So for Smile, 2.5 out of five smiles. I think unless you are really wanting to watch something in theaters with maybe some friends or your family that will scare everybody, but you don't really have the bar set that high, if you just need that thrill in theaters, if not, definitely wait until it's streaming and just kind of skip around through all the scary parts. Other than that, man, I really wanted to like this movie more, but it just didn't do it for me. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. I didn't think this would ever happen, and it is happening. Deadpool is officially coming into the MCU, and we're getting Deadpool 3, but not only that, Hugh Jackman is back as Wolverine. This is huge. This is one of the biggest pieces in Marvel news I've heard in a very long time, and one that I'm really excited for. I think once we saw what happened with Spider-Man No Way Home, it kind of blew the doors off of everything. That was a moment in movie history I never thought could happen. And it was after seeing that movie, I realized that anything is possible if there is money to be made. And in a world where we're trying to save movie theaters and bring back ticket sales as strong as possible, this is what you have to do. These are the links that studios are going to have to reach in order to get us all excited about. And this is the most excited I've seen a lot of MCU fans in a very long time, myself included. So let's start with this teaser that Ryan Reynolds released. Here he is talking about Deadpool 3. We've been working very hard on the next Deadpool film for uh, a good long while now. I've had to really search my soul on this one. Uh, his first appearance in the MCU obviously needs to feel special. We need to stay true to the character, uh, find new depth, new motivation, new meaning. Every Deadpool needs to stand out and stand apart. It's been an incredible challenge that has forced me to reach down deep inside. And I have nothing completely empty up here. But we did have one idea. Hey, Hugh, you want to play Wolverine one more time? Yeah, sure, Ryan. So this was a very Ryan Reynolds, a very Deadpool-like announcement, and I love it. And why this is so important and why this is so noteworthy is Hugh Jackman said he was retired from playing Wolverine after the last movie, Logan. And since this was such big news, I don't think this is a spoiler. I wouldn't classify it as a spoiler, but Wolverine dies at the end of that movie. That's what happens. That's why he said, I'm retiring from Wolverine. We thought we would never see him again. And now the other major part of this is that Deadpool is coming into the MCU. And if that sounds confusing, let's break it down for a little bit. So Deadpool was owned by Marvel, of course, but the movie rights went to 20th Century Fox. Disney recently purchased 20th Century Fox, and it's now just 20th Century Studios. They completely eliminated the Fox part. So now they own Deadpool, the Fantastic Four. So now all of those characters from the X-Men and Deadpool and the Fantastic Four can now come over into Disney's MC which is where everything else exists, where all the phases exist, where all the Avengers movies exist. It's now in the biggest Marvel world possible. And this raises a lot of questions. Is the new Deadpool going to be R-rated? Yes. And that is a big reason to the success of that movie 
is that it didn't have the restrictions of the MCU of being as family friendly. You could show more violence. So that is why I love the first Deadpool so much because you can use naughty language and as kind of squeaky clean as sometimes the MCU feels, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air to get a movie like that. I love Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2. I thought it wasn't quite a step ahead to elevating the franchise, but I don't think it was a step back. Maybe just as good, just a little bit not as good as Deadpool 1. But now as they come over into the MCU, there's a lot more room to play around with of where is it going to fit exactly in the timeline, which the movie is coming out on September 6, 2024. So time wise, Deadpool 3 would come out at the beginning of phase six, followed closely by the Fantastic Four, which comes out in November of that same year. So we're starting to get a big crossover from the Fox X-Men universe into the MCU so I'm really curious to where all this is going to fit into the big picture as we get closer and closer to those next Avengers movies. And the other question it brings up is what happened to Wolverine dying and how does he exist in this movie? And they also posted a follow up video answering that question. How is Wolverine alive? Yeah. After Logan. Logan uh, takes place in 2029. Mm -hmm. Totally separate thing. Mm -hmm. Logan died in Logan. Not touching that. What actually happens in our film is these two. And then they just play that song and reenact some scenes and dialogue. And again, very Deadpool fashion. So it looks like in this movie, Logan hasn't happened yet and he is still alive. Or at least that's just what they're saying to calm all of our nerd brains. But I think that works. And especially because this is now the multiverse saga where anybody can come back at any point in life, at any point in any different timeline, and everybody can just exist in a movie. And we all accept it because these are all characters we've loved for a very long time. And just by looking at the poster that they released for this alone gets me excited because Wolverine is such a great character. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is very underappreciated. I think the X-Men movies themselves don't get enough credit that they deserve of really laying down the groundwork in the early 2000s. Yes, they also made a lot of not-so-great X-Men movies. But if we didn't have Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the early 2000s, we wouldn't really have the groundwork laid for Robert Downey Jr. to be Iron Man in 2008 all the way through the 2010s. Like, that is how much Hugh Jackman carried those movies. And then you pair Hugh Jackman with his real-life friend Ryan Reynolds, and I think that's just going to be a very fun time on screen of seeing that off-screen friendship really shine on the big screen with them being two very dynamic characters, which Ryan Reynolds plays Deadpool perfectly. I feel like that is his iconic role, and it's also Hugh Jackman's iconic role. And it's not like we haven't seen the two of them together on screen as these characters before. In the very not-so-great Wolverine origin story, we did see a very weird version of Deadpool with his mouth sewn shut. And that was probably one of the weakest introductions of a superhero character ever and one that has taken that long for him to kind of come back from. He really redeemed himself with Deadpool, but I think that movie left a lot of people with a bad taste in their mouths. So they're also coming for some redemption on that movie. And then we also have to remember what happened at the end of Deadpool 2 and him 
being able to time travel. So that easily plays into the multiverse and him discovering Wolverine. So maybe they can even go back even further and erase that awkward moment of the first time they met. So I think we should feel good about this, especially because it provides us with some familiarity going into this new phase of the MCU with a lot of new characters being introduced. It brings back some people that we already know and love, and it sets up for some very cool moments. I would completely freak out if we ever had a scene with Deadpool, Wolverine, and Spider-Man together, throw in the Incredible Hulk. Like, that is kind of my dream. I remember playing the arcade game back in the day called Marvel vs. Capcom, and I would love to see a scene from that video game happen in a movie. I would lose my mind just like I did in No Way Home. But again, that is Deadpool 3 coming out on September 6, 2024. I guess I just gotta hope I make it to live that long. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. I do want to get to a little bit more of movie news that has come across the old movie mic desk here in the past week. Also Marvel related Black Panther Wakanda Forever has released their runtime of two hours and 41 minutes, making it one of the longest movies ever in the MCU. These are the top five MCU runtimes as of now. At number five is Captain America Civil War at two hours and 27 minutes. Number four is Spider-Man No Way Home with two hours and 28 minutes. At number three is Avengers Infinity War with two hours and 29 minutes. And at number two is The Eternals with two hours and 36 minutes. So that one currently has the record as the longest running MCU runtime. That's not an Avengers movie because at number one is Avengers Endgame at three hours and one minute with no post credit scene. And I think out of respect of that movie, they should never make a movie three hours again. I can't see another movie warranting that runtime unless they do something amazing with the upcoming Avengers movies. I am actually currently re-watching all of the Marvel movies. I don't know really why I started this. I've watched them in all the different ways that you can imagine. And one of the questions I actually get a lot from people who have never seen a Marvel movie is how should I watch them for the first time? I always recommend watching them in the order that they were released, the old school way, the way we all did, because I think that is the way I enjoyed them the most. Also, a lot of things change between all of the years. The CGI gets better, and then if you watch them in a different order, they change ages. So I say if you're watching them for the very first time, just start from 2008 Iron Man all the way up until now, and it'll be like that roller coaster that we all went through. All the post-credit scenes will make sense. So that is referred to as the release order. But if you Google MCU movies in chronological order, you'll get the list of how they took place in the timeline. So instead of starting with Iron Man, you would start with Captain America, the first Avenger. But then you would hop to Captain Marvel, which came out way later. That's why I don't recommend watching it that way. I think to go from Captain America, the first Avenger to Captain Marvel, it just doesn't feel right to me. But the order I'm currently watching them in is just lumping all of the solo movies together. So I started by rewatching all of the Avengers movies, which 
man, rewatching Endgame kind of brought back some great memories for me. And then honestly, I'm just kind of jumping around of what I want to watch on Disney Plus. And I think eventually I'll do an episode of re-ranking all of the Marvel movies. But I watched all the Ant-Mans again. I watched all the Iron Mans and have some very different opinions on that entire series now. And I'm currently re-watching all of the Captain Americas. So this may be a new order I recommend to people of watching all of the group movies together. And I decided to watch them that way because MCU movies are the only ones we watch in all of these crazy orders. Normally when movies come out, you watch part one, part two, part three, part four, etc. So I wanted to see just how all of the trilogies or all of the two-parters work together and how those kind of stand on their own. So I can really rate and evaluate those as a whole and how much each of those superhero stories really get told. So I'll update you later once I get through all of these movies, which I still have a ways to go and I'll do an episode on that. But all right, that will bring us to the end of another episode. But before I hop out of here, I got to give my listener shout out of the week, which all you have to do is tweet me or... DM me at Mike Distro on Instagram or send me an email, moviemikeD at gmail.com. But last week I said I would be giving my listener shout out to somebody who posted about the episode in their Instagram story. So this week I am shouting out Jenna Day, who tagged me in her Instagram story listening to the rating films episode when they say the title of the movie in the movie. Jenna said, had to share this episode because I have the same excitement about this as Mike Distro. She continued with saying, if you've watched a movie with me where this happens, you've heard me yell, they said it. And a movie not mentioned in that episode was Where the Crawdads Sing. So shout out to you, Jenna, for listening and posting about that episode. And if you listened to this week's episode and made it all the way through, it is now time for the secret emoji. I do this every time I have an interview. If you enjoyed the interview, go and comment on the video I posted from the Corey Feldman interview on my Instagram or TikTok. And since we talked a lot about his movie, The Lost Boys, and also because it's Halloween and horror movie season, comment with the vampire emoji. And then next week's shout out will be from somebody who did that. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode, for being subscribed to the podcast. And until next time, go out and watch good movies and I will talk to you later. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.